This is Because I Said So, parenting advice with love and leadership from the nation's leading parenting expert, John Roseman, syndicated columnist, author, conference speaker, and the only psychologist to point out that psychology has caused more problems than it has solved. From American Family Radio, here's your host, John Roseman. Welcome to the show. Um, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I've got some congestion today and my problem as a public speaker is that I'm caught between the proverbial rock and the hard place when it comes to congestion. If uh, I take a decongestion, it dries me out and makes it more likely that my voice will sound scratchy and harsh. And if I don't take a decongestant, it sounds like I've got congestion. So um, I flip a coin and I decide I'd rather sound like I'm congested than... Uh, sound old and scratchy. Not that all old people sound scratchy. I'm old. I'm almost 70. Hey, I'll be 70 this month. And if you'd like to send uh, expensive gifts, please do. So we're going on, I think it's like week five, uh, five weeks ago or so. I, uh, you know, I didn't blast into them, but I certainly uh, took to task a church, a large evangelical church out there somewhere in America that is pastored by a well-known pastor on uh, the staff of said church is a psychiatrist and the pastor of this church actually promotes psychiatry and promotes the use of pharmaceutical uh, medicines, drugs used for psychiatric, various psychiatric diagnoses from the pulpit. And he himself has, uh, I'll use the term bragged because apparently he's proud of it, having taken psychiatric drugs for some disorder of one sort or another. And um, I've said uh, two times on this show, there is no validity to the concept of mental illness. Uh, these diagnoses, anxiety disorders, schizophrenia, manic depressive disorder, bipolar disorder, ADHD, oppositional defiant disorder, they are not, objectively speaking, diseases or illnesses. They are constructs. They are inventions. And so on and so forth. As a matter of fact, I, you know, I'm not going to go and review everything I've said. You can go back. Uh, you can go to my website, johnrosemond.com, J-O-H-N-R-O-S-E-M-O-N-D.com. And uh, you can locate the podcast there, like I said, five, four or five weeks ago. And so uh, after doing the first of the two shows on this subject, and I will not identify the church, and I will not identify the pastor, but they know who they are because they are, in fact, responding through a media—not uh, a, a mediator in the sense of the person is mediating some conflict between us, but sort of a go-between who goes to this church, has spoken to the pastor, has spoken to the psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist in particular has said that my programs on the subject— have been interesting, but according to my contact at the church, this psychiatrist says, I don't know what I'm talking about. So in a follow-up show, the second of the two shows I'm referring to, I just went down point by point and I said, uh, here's what I'm talking about. There is no objective validity to the concept of mental illness. 
The diagnoses contained in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders are all constructs. They are not realities. No psychiatric drug has ever reliably outperformed a placebo in double-blind clinical trials, and so on and so on and so forth. And uh, I issued this challenge over the air that if anyone, not, not just the psychiatrist at the church in question or the pastor, but anyone in my listening audience, if anyone can prove to me that I am wrong in any respect, uh, please write me an email, radio at rosemond.com, radio at rosemond.com, and I will, if you are correct, issue a mea culpa on the air. So here we are, five or six weeks into this, and no one has yet to say I am wrong. By the way, let me clarify, not liking what someone says and even disagreeing with something that someone says does not mean the person is wrong. So because of these two shows and because this program is uh, being increasingly listened to, according to the feedback by people all over America, I've been receiving from people all over the country interesting items, I'll call them, that uh, support my position, one of which is an article that appeared on the website of the Academy for the Psychoanalytic Arts, and it was an article written by a fellow named Mark Ruffalo. And I don't know anything about Mark Ruffalo. The name sounds familiar, but uh, he is identified as a licensed clinical social worker. So he is a bona fide mental health professional. And uh, lo and behold, this fellow says precisely what I have been saying about this topic in an article. Again, it appears, if you want to check it out yourself, because I'm going to read parts of it, but not the whole thing, of course, on the website of the Academy for the Psychoanalytic Arts. The Academy for the Psychoanalytic Arts, and his name is Mark Ruffalo. I'm assuming that the article is still there because when I clicked on the link, it came right up. And a clinical social worker, Mark Ruffalo, is taking to task in this article titled The Great Paradox of Psychiatry. He is taking to task the concept of mental illness and uses much the same language that I do. He says, for example, that uh, depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, and schizophrenia are not, have never been, and will never be, quote, just like, end quote, cancer or diabetes or heart disease, despite the obfuscations of psychiatrists, mental health professionals, and mental health advocacy groups. So, again, I have said that these are constructs, they are not realities, Cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, they are realities. They are not constructs. If you ask a physician who tells you that you have a tumor in your left lung to prove it to you, to give you objective information that proves that you have a tumor in your left lung, he can do so. He can show you x-rays, MRIs. Uh, he can show you the results of a biopsy, blood test, uh, et cetera, et cetera. 
If you ask a physician who has a psychiatrist, psychologist, clinical social worker, whomever, who has told you that your child has, notice the language that's used is the same. Uh, Sir, you have a cancerous tumor in your left lung. Madam, your child has ADHD. Notice the similarity in language, which creates the impression that these two statements are in some way, shape, or form equivalent when they are not equivalent in the least. And you say, being the parent of said child, prove to me that my child has something. Show me objective, uh, replicatable data, images, etc. He can't. He cannot show you anything. He engages at that point in what philosophers call tautology, which the simple explanation for that is circular reasoning. Well, your, your, your child's behavior fits the diagnosis, yes, but you're saying he has something. Show me that he has this thing you're calling ADHD. You are using the term has in the same way that a physician would use the term has with respect to a verifiable physical disorder like cancer. So show me proof that my child has this thing you're calling ADHD, oppositional defiant disorder, bipolar disorder of childhood. Show me this. Now, why do they use this terminology? Why do they use medical terminology to describe these supposed mental disorders that are nothing but constructs? Well, they do so in order to establish that the treatment of these entities, these constructs, falls within their domain exclusively, their professional domain. So this is a means of maintaining a monopoly over the treatment of the, these, uh, these problems. And, and by the way, the behaviors exist. Uh, but whether something exists called ADHD is a completely different story. But what they are doing is establishing their, their, uh, that these the, the treatment of these entities is exclusive, exclusively belongs to them. And secondly, they are using this medical terminology to justify the use of pharmaceuticals, none of which, when it comes to psychiatric drugs, I'll repeat myself here, no psychiatric drug has ever reliably outperformed a placebo in double-blind clinical trials. So I said this the other day, by the way, in a conference I was doing in Rhode Island, and a fellow who is a licensed clinical social worker came up to me afterwards and said, but John, I've, I've seen uh, you know uh, kids' behavior improve dramatically when they started taking drugs for ADHD or ODD or bipolar disorder or whatever. And I said, right, these drugs are expensive placebos with side effects. They are placebos, and we because they don't outperform placebos, therefore, they are the equivalent of placebos. The only thing that is not equivalent is they are expensive, and placebos are not. And number two, they have dangerous side effects, and placebos do not. 
And we know that the placebo effects effect works. By the way, it does not work on a verifiable physical disease. In other words, placebos will not shrink tumors. But placebos will relieve anxiety if the person is not told it's a placebo. So anyway, I've run a little over my scheduled time frame here, but please stick with me and I'll be right back. So welcome back to the show. It's called Because I Said So. I am broadcast every Saturday afternoon, 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central, and so on and so forth, on uh, exclusively on American family radio stations all across the United States, and maybe even in other places as well. I'm sure you can pick this up anywhere uh, in the world on the World Wide Web. I am your host, John Rosemond. I am a family psychologist who does not believe in psychology. My licensing board regrets the day they ever gave me a license because I have huge problems with my profession. I have basically nothing good to say about my profession. That does not mean I have nothing good to say about anybody in the profession. Hear me clearly. I have nothing good to say about the profession. I believe that the profession of psychology is founded on bogus theories concerning human nature. I believe that psychology has caused more harm than good. Specifically, it has caused more harm for the American family, child, marriage, parent, especially mother, school, culture, community, etc. Then psychologists even know how to solve. So I am the anti-psychologist, if you will. I'm a heretic. I'm an outlier. I'm also a published author of about 20 books. Um, Go to my website or Amazon or any other bookseller's website and find out more about them. And I'm a very busy public speeder. (laughs) Speeder. Yes, I'm that too on occasion. A radio talk show host and uh, um, uh uh, but my real qualifications are that I've been married to the same woman, one, F, one has to say that these days, for uh, f- more than 49 years. We are going on 50 next July. We have two 40-something adult children and seven grandchildren ranging in age from 10 to 22. So those are my qualifications. Welcome to the show. Hope you're enjoying it. I'm talking about an article titled The Great Paradox of Psychiatry. Um, it really ought to be called The Great Wrongness of Psychiatry. It uh, appeared on the website of the Academy for the Psychoanalytic Arts, uh, written by a fellow named Mark Ruffalo, who is a licensed clinical social worker. And um, he, uh, he agrees with me in, in, in most respects. He says, for example, there's no way yet discovered to objectively determine who is or who is not mentally ill, And that once the biological etiology, meaning cause, of a so-called mental illness becomes objectively known and demonstrable, the condition ceases to be a psychiatric disorder and instead becomes classified as a neurological disease. So in other words, yes, right. Um, These 
uh, diagnoses contained in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders are constructs. And what he's saying is the same thing I say, that once it is proven, once it has been discovered, proven, and can be demonstrated, that these constructs are, in fact, uh, the behaviors in question are caused by, let's say, lesions in the brain, then the diagnosis in question is taken out of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders and is now classified as a neurological or biological disease. Uh, You don't find that happening in the other direction. You don't find a verifiable physical disease uh, suddenly being declassified as a biological disease and classified as a psychiatric disorder. That's never happened. But it has happened many times in the other direction. Again, simply proof that these diagnoses are bogus. Uh, People don't like to hear this, by the way. Some people. I, I was talking in Rhode Island, and I said all this in front of an audience of about 200 people, and a woman comes up to me afterwards and says, well, certainly you don't uh, feel this way about uh, OCD, meaning obsessive compulsive disorder. And I said, well, I most certainly do. It is a psychiatric diagnosis. It's a construct. It's not a reality. And before I could get anything else out, she made some uh, – Uh, She sort of snorted uh, derisively and uh, stormed off. And and why don't people like to hear this stuff? Well, they don't like to hear this stuff because, first of all, these diagnoses, and and I'm going to get really honest here. And if you want to shut the radio off now before I offend your sensibilities, please do. But I maintain that human nature is predisposed to victimhood. Another way that I put it is human beings are drawn to the opportunity to create soap opera out of their lives like moths are drawn to flames. And I believe that for many people, having a psychiatric disorder is a soap opera in their lives in which they are a victim. And uh, they wear their victimhood proudly. They will tell as many people as they possibly can. I have, you know, I have OCD. And uh, the proof that they have OCD, of course, is they are taking medication. Well, these medications, to repeat myself, don't outperform placebos in double-blind clinical trials. They're simply props. They're part of the stage set in the drama in question. I will say that again. They are simply props. They are part of the scenery regarding the drama in question. And this is why this woman stormed away from the book sales table when I said, yes, I I include OCD. It's in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, so I included its construct. It's not a reality. And stormed off. Because... You know, people begin to wrap their entire lives and their entire identities around these labels that have been affixed to them by members of the mental health professions. Remember, folks, I know what I'm talking about. I'm a psychologist. I'm licensed by the North Carolina Psychology Board. So now a a very important question, does autism fit 
what I'm saying? And the answer is, in a sense, yes, and in a sense, no. Uh, we have in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders a construct called Autism Spectrum Disorder. And um, so I'm going to answer the question, uh, and it's been posed many times, what do I think about autism? Well, I don't think autism is a mental disorder. It has features that make it look like a mental disorder, but I don't think it's a mental disorder. We don't know what autism is yet because our understanding of the brain is in its infancy. But the symptoms of classical autism, the uh, unresponsiveness to affection, the pronounced communication issues, the lack of eye contact, the socialization issues, they appear too early in a child's life for us to think that these are mental disorders. Um, I don't pretend to know what they are, but I would suspect that they are neurological and that we simply don't understand the brain well enough at this point to pinpoint the exact location, if you will, of the disorder or its true nature in the brain. But this business of autism spectrum disorder, I, you know, I've done a good amount of reading on the issue over the past few years, and I fail to see the usefulness, much less the validity of saying that certain children, while they are not classically autistic, nonetheless qualify as sort of autistic. Other than uh, the idea's usefulness as an income generator for mental health professionals in public schools. Uh, by the same standard, it could be argued, for example, that a lot of functional, responsible folks are on the schizophrenic spectrum. Uh, following the us usual trend, the diagnostic parameters of autism have expanded over the last few iterations of the DSM. And the result has been obfuscation rather than clarification. Uh, I, uh, I simply have come to the conclusion that a lot of kids who are uh, nothing more than a tad peculiar are being saddled with a potentially counterproductive psychiatric diagnosis. I mean, I've talked to a lot of special ed teachers who've told me they get these kids who have been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder which which is anything you want it to be, okay, folks? It's anything you, the diagnostic, the diagnosing professional, wants it to be, and they have seen these kids uh, become symptom free in a structured classroom where expectations are high, and their misbehavior is not tolerated. I do believe in classical autism of the sort portrayed by Dustin Hoffman in the movie Rain Man. But like I said, I think that the symptoms appear far too early in an autistic child's life for classical autism to be considered a mental problem. It doesn't belong in the DSM. When we discover, and of course if we discover, that classical autism is in fact a verifiable physiological, neurological disorder rather than a mental disorder, the idea of a spectrum will become superfluous. A child will either be autistic or he will simply be peculiar in some ways. 
But given those circumstances, I predict that the mental health industry will simply rename autism spectrum disorder and continue to peddle the spurious notion that being even slightly odd requires professional and perhaps even pharmaceutical, quote, treatment, end quote. Speaking as a former peculiar child, I would like to thank all those teachers who believed in the idea of children eventually growing out of their eccentricities. Although in my case, the proposition is arguable. Folks, uh, that brings us to a close in the show. Thanks for joining us once again. And uh, remember, uh, every uh, Saturday afternoon, 6 o'clock Eastern Time, you can do the math from there on American Family Radio. If you don't catch it on Saturday, you can go to my website, johnroseman.com, and pick it up as a podcast the following Tuesday. Uh, God bless you all. Thanks for joining the show. God bless your families. Be well. Be happy.